Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. It is Extra Rounds, courtesy of UFC Fight Pass. I am TJ DeSantis, along with Pearl Gonzalez, live on Facebook and Twitch. And, man, what a night of fights we just saw. Cheers to that. I mean, yeah, raise a glass to the King of Rio, (laughs) because this man is unstoppable in so many ways, Pearl, because, you know, how many times have we talked about Jose Aldo, you know, maybe taking a step backwards and, you know, this this next Cheeto verified is going to be the the breakout performance for Cheeto. Well, that wasn't the case. And a lot of people thought that Rob Fon might secure a title fight with a win tonight over Jose Aldo. But that's not the case. Jose Aldo wins 50-45 on two of the judges' scorecards and 49-46 on the other. Uh, the King of Rio, not going anywhere. Long live the King. Oh, my God. You know what? To me, again, most impressive part of this performance tonight was his grappling. He was so dominant in the grappling. He looked so good. He was so elusive on the ground, was surfing the body. Just w- There was no hesitation in the grappling at all. And we don't get to see Aldo grapple that much. And ultimately what got him to these positions was his striking. His striking was he had big power shots, landed these big shots that got robbed to the ground voluntarily, if you will. And he was just able to capitalize on that. And there was just, there was no fight. There was, there was no, uh, what's the word? Give me a word, TJ. Like, uh, like pull. No adversity. No adversity, beautiful word, on the ground for um, Aldo tonight. He looked so dominant. When was the last time you saw him look that dominant in a grappling fight? Or in in grappling? I I can't recall a time where we actually saw Jose Aldo, you know, get top position like that and and be Mm -hmm. active. Like, generally, although when he gets on top, it's because he's trying to finish you off because he's knocked you down. He got knocked down tonight, but he used that opportunity to secure those positions and not, you know, really sell out. It it was a very smart fight. The, the, the fight IQ, if you will, of Jose Aldo was, was on display tonight. Yes, it was. And the experience, you know, it just showcased his experience in the beginning rounds. He did a great job of just preserving his energy. There was no wasted movements coming from from Aldo at all. Just the structure, the balance, the the feints, everything was had its purpose and was and served for a reason for why he was doing it. There was no wasted movement at all coming from this man. And then and in the later rounds, he capitalized. He really capitalized on that. And I truly believe that is why Rob Font looked like he wore the fight much more than Aldo did because he did have a lot more movement. There were a lot of angles. There was a lot more bouncing coming from him and feints. And Aldo weathered the storm so well tonight and, and again, conserved and preserved his energy until it was needed. And even in the grappling exchanges, he really was preserving there as well. He he knew exactly what he needed to do, and that was to control the hips, to keep the hips square, and and to, to... to keep him in a position where he was dominant. And he did such a great job tonight from start to finish. And and an amazing performance from Jose Aldo. Yeah, no, incredibly inspiring as well. Because again, 35 Mm -hmm. years old is Jose Aldo, but he might as well be 40 years old when you look at all the miles on him. And, you know, it brings me to my next question, Pearl. Like, when you look at Jose Aldo, how realistic is it to 
maybe see him in another title fight because with the performances that he's had over Pedro Munoz, Rob Font tonight, Cheeto Vera, you know, two fights ago, it, it seems like Jose Aldo refuses to go away. I know we got Peter Yan who beat Aldo pretty decisively. And, you know, Aljamain Sterling is is the champion. He needs to sort of sort that out with, with Peter Yan. But, you know, if Jose Aldo takes another fight and wins and, and beats another up-and-comer, it's hard to say that this man doesn't deserve another shot at the title. Absolutely. And I think that we it's very realistic for Aldo, especially after a performance tonight. Tonight, what what showed what was stood out to me the most was his ability to take the fight in other places than what we know Aldo as the type, the style and type of fighter that we've always known Aldo to be. He changed that narrative tonight and he really did show a very well-rounded, smart, intelligent fighter. And when you have a fighter that has that as much experience as Aldo does, has as much, has, as much time inside the octagon. And then you have someone that has the skills that he has that are on the ground as well as on the feet. He's dangerous. He's so dangerous in this, in this division. And uh, we knew that. And now he just moves up obviously to number four. Um, I'm sure we'll see that later on this week, but you know, he's a fight away. If that, because the, the title fight right now and the title that it's so it's such an interesting place for this particular division right. with the title I mean, he could he could find himself sliding in anywhere. How, Corey Sanhagen was what number, and he got uh, that title fight. three or four, yeah, yeah. And, and so there's a very go ahead. No, I was just gonna say you bring up a, a very good point. You know, we were talking about it during the broadcast. This is a, a stay ready sport. You know, the the fight mm-hmm. camps are always ideal, but they're not always promised. And for Jose Aldo, you know, I don't. If any man doesn't need an extended camp, it's someone who's had multiple championship fights. You know, this guy was undefeated for the longest time over, you know, many, many fights. And uh, I, I don't know. Like, I get excited as a fan, Pearl, because Jose Aldo, an unlikely uh, person to sort of have this renaissance that, you know, when all things are considered and what he's gone through in his career, but he very much is an upper echelon Bantamweight who could find himself uh, in a short notice title fight. Yeah. And he packs power. I mean, we saw it tonight, those right hands, those body shots, they were impressive. They were very, very damaging. They were, you know, he packs power and uh, he looked like the bigger fighter against Rob Font. So that's just another tool that that he can add to his toolbox. So, yes, he's got a lot of miles. Yes, he's been in a lot of wars. But look at all the the pluses that he has and all the tools that he has in his toolbox, which I don't know if any any other fighter in this division has those tools, has that experience, has the knowledge. And, and also now skills that we can see all around that Aldo does. And uh, he does. He puts in a big, big, I don't know the word, testament yeah, no. to where he is yeah. and that he belongs at the top of this division. You know, very much so. I like the word testament because he did testify on his own behalf tonight by showing re- really like full-bodied mixed martial arts game because, again, I can't speak highly enough uh, about his ground game and the pressure that he, uh, you know, made Rob Font feel because Font was trying to move. He was doing his damnedest to get back up, but Aldo was not yeah, letting him. Yeah. But again, the, the sort of biggest narrative I walk away with, uh, you know, from this fight is the fact that Aldo really turned on those leg kicks in round number three. And, you know, a a lot of this fight again was, you know, taking place on the floor. But Jose Aldo didn't actually go for any takedowns at all. He, he got zero takedowns. 
but he got some knockdowns and you know knockdowns uh definitely are going to speak loudly to the judges and uh for two of them it was a clean sweep for all though across the board i really like those calf kicks i think that we know how well of a, a leg kicker aldo is but, but as the years have passed uh, we talked about this as sports evolved everybody's checking leg kicks at this point you you know, you, you, it, it has to be a part of your tool set, especially if you're fighting in the UFC at the top of the top of the 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 division. And so, the calf kick, though, right now is a very big deal in our sport, and it, we're still having to find a way to evolve and kind of figure out how to deal with these low leg kicks. It hasn't the 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 answer hasn't quite been found yet. And um, I really like this this uh, tack and this tool and this this uh, what's the word? Yeah, tack. I guess I can use tactic. Thank you. Yep. This tactic from Aldo because he's such a great leg kicker, and so it, he we know he kicks hard. We know he kicks. He's very very accurate. So I love the idea of him going down low on these legs because you cannot take many of those four or five the most before your leg is compromised. And uh, I think that if, you know, I think that if he takes away that and gains some confidence there, we can see the old Aldo come back with these huge or, or significant leg strikes and leg attacks, but at a different place, low leg kicks. And I think that'd be huge for him. Right. No, uh, they were huge tonight. So I got to believe that you're going to expect those opponents should be expecting those uh, moving forward. And maybe that's the answer if he does find himself matched up with a Peter Yan in the future is to try to, you know, attack that base of Yan and don't let him get as comfortable, uh, you know, landing the, the strikes that he did uh, in their first meeting. Let's talk a little bit about Rob Font, though, because tonight a lot of people believe was going to be the biggest performance of his career, solidifying himself as a top five. I mean, he was number four coming into tonight, but, you know, maybe taking a number three spot if he was victorious. That was not the case. What does Rob Font learn from this performance tonight? I think the biggest thing is, you know, you cannot look past experience, one. And I think that he's going to learn so much from Aldo's pressure you know, and his uh, ability to main, to stay composed in these moments and, and capitalize on these very small and short openings. I also think that uh, the grappling and the, the grappling is an issue, not necessarily like was did he do a lot of things wrong, but he didn't do enough right things to get out of the positioning. And ultimately, that's what led to to the win was how dominant Aldo was in the grappling. And so I think if all if if Fonts can take anything away from this, it has to be that his ability one to to uh, get taken down, even though he didn't get taken down in this fight, but he's got to be able to get to that hip and get up, and he needs right. some more urgency in that area. And the overall, I think experience, you know, being against someone that's as experienced as Jose Aldo was, you cannot leave that octagon without feeling that. And knowing that, like, damn, that dude outwitted me. Yeah. Like, the, I just couldn't even, I couldn't match that experience level. I could not match that. And so I think that when you see that or you feel that, I know I felt that in my fights. And it's something big that I took away that, that sticks with me to this day. 
You know, it's interesting because it it was outwitting, I think, of Jose Aldo, the way that he won this fight. Because, you know, let's go back uh, to the actual fight itself and, and look at the numbers here. The numbers were on the side of Rob Font. Rob Font had more strikes land than Jose Aldo. But it was the way and the fashion that Aldo was able to slow down the fight and make Rob Font forced to react. And, you know, that is truly what, uh, you know, they always say, right? Like, work smarter, not harder necessarily. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what Jose Aldo did over the course of 25 minutes. I love that you bring that up because that's such an important factor in this fight. He absolutely worked smarter in this fight. And and Font worked harder, and it showed. And you saw it in all the movements and, and the, the angles that he was taking and the footwork, especially in the, that first round, that opening round. He was super fancy and moving his feet. I mean, he looked great. He really did. But it wasn't the right, it wasn't the tools he needed in that moment. Maybe at the end of the fight that would have helped him significantly. But he absolutely did work much harder than Jose Aldo did. And I think that as a fighter, you learn that. You learn that when you go into a fight and it's like, yeah, I thought it was just skills that I needed to win this fight. There was a lot more that I needed to win this fight. And there were a lot more obstacles to overcome. And uh, I believe that Rob felt that tonight and will learn from that. Yeah, no, I, I think that, he, I mean, Rob Font shouldn't really walk away uh, with this being a super negative experience for him because he lost to Jose Aldo, who truly is one of the greatest of all times. He had a nice four-fight, you know, winning streak coming into this fight. He's going to take a step backwards, but I don't expect him to fall. He might not even fall out of the top five. He might just be no. slotted at five because he cheers. was game. He wasn't, it wasn't a, a bad fight. What, what, what are we cheersing to? We're cheersing. What are we cheersing, Thea? It's the holidays. Why not? The holidays. <laughs> Thea said Saturday night. Oh, so that's what we're cheersing. Well, perfect. Saturday night, it's uh, it's all right for fighting. And that's uh, exactly what we watched tonight. Let's take a look at our uh, co-main event. The number 12 ranked uh, Brad Riddell taking on uh, Rafael Fiziev. Um, man, like this was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. And it, we saw uh, Fiziev land this uh, spinning wheel kick that uh, put, put an end uh, to, to the night of Riddell. Walk us Sent Riddell that. to another planet. I mean, that's really what he did. Riddell like lost function of his motor skills. <laughs> uh, it was a kick from hell like that. It, it was so perfectly timed. No one saw that coming. It was like we almost watched it in slow motion. I can't imagine what it was like being at the fight live. You're just almost like because it was just not like the it was not the place for the kick. Right. And hats off to Fizia for like taking advantage and seizing the moment. It was it was in a transition. It was when Riddell was kind of withdrawing from the from the exchange and, and finding a new position to, to begin a new combination. So his hands were down and he was moving. And as he was moving, he almost, he moved into this kick and uh, Fiziev just saw the saw the hands down and threw it. And it landed perfectly. Like that was pinpoint spot on. Such a beautiful moment and such a, a great way to take advantage of the opportunity that presented itself at that specific time. But overall, this fight was uh, so competitive. This was, a, this was such a great fight. Both gentlemen didn't give each other much. It was a back-and-forth fight. It was, a, it was your tactic against my tactics. Um, it was a very, very, it wasn't the most exciting because it was so technical. Right. This was a very technical fight. It was such a fun fight for someone like myself to watch because you see all the skills 
that are being um, displayed. And then you see the counter and then you see the counter to the counter. And that's exactly what we saw in this fight. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, what was going to be the most valuable sort of asset in this fight. And I, I think it was patience because Fiziev found that wheel kick because he was patient, because he mm -hmm. didn't get out of his game at all. And you pointed it out when we were doing the watch along Pearl, uh, that was the only real spinning attempt of the entire fight. So Fiziev wasn't like spamming that. It wasn't something that was just a matter of time until it landed. It was something that he saw in the moment. And like you said, like I I'm sure for him, it probably did feel like slow motion because it was just, it was flawless. It was perfect. It was so perfect. And there's so many times in a fight as a fighter that you see these moments and you're like, oh, okay, no, no, no. Okay. No, yeah. no, no, that wasn't the right. And you just kind of second guess. He did not do that. He he saw it. He threw. He thought it through. It boom. It was over, and it was perfect because Riddell was was doing a great job of countering him. He wasn't giving up too much. Um, too much in this fight. He was throwing. He was very mindful of where he was. The range. They were both constantly battling for the range here. Um, it was just a back-and-forth fight. Uh, I do believe that Fiziev was taking advantage, especially in those last two rounds. He was kind of taking over and taking the momentum of the fight. Um, but it was still, there was still, it was shot for shot almost because it was such a technical and close fight. So, ha man, it was it was an amazing, amazing uh, opportunity and he took it and he seized it and it was so beautiful and spectacular to watch. Yeah, no, 100%. It was uh, amazing. It's going to be one of those highlights that you see every time Fiziev fights moving forward because uh, it was flawless. The 13th wheel kick in UFC history to land a knockout belongs to Rafael Fiziev. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's Can official Can we try yet. that next week? What's that? Can we try where I throw the spinning wheel kick and then you put the water bottle like like one of these like right here and then I just and I throw the spinning wheel kick because I have a really accurate one. You know I'm six feet tall, right? You think you can kick I, the top of my head because you're. Oh not yeah, absolutely. I'm super flexible. Okay, no, no problem. that's not happening. Why not? Like I promise, I'm so accurate. I'm like so accurate. Okay, then that sounds like a job for Frankie or Steve. <laughs> Oh my god, you. you're so accurate, but you're clumsy. You just throw things on the floor. No, it's these stupid headphones I have to wear. Well, we'll fix that. We'll fix it. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, more about uh, knockouts because uh, we got them tonight. Um, we saw Jamal Hill knock out Jimmy oh, Crute, yeah. and this was uh, another uh, phenomenal performance here by uh, Jamal Hill. Um, it was a right hook that ended the night of the brute Jimmy Crute, and uh, you, you brought it up. It was not a very uh, long, you know, drawn-out punch. It, it was a short little punch that hurt Crute badly, and it wasn't the first time he was hurt in that fight. The entire experience is just 48 seconds, but Jamal Hill, uh, you know, Slept him in the end, but almost slept him early on as he uh, actually hit him and, and crew did a face plant. Yeah, I mean, so Hill has been on the rise since he made his debut on the Contender Series, in which I'm pretty sure he won by knockout in a very similar fashion. And he's been he's been on this roll where with his wins, I, I, I don't know, how many has he lost since uh, he's one, been in the UFC? Uh, he's lost one, one fight, yep. Yeah. Okay, so since he's been in the, since then... He's been on this roll where he just lands the, these right hands that look so effortless, and they just shut people down. It, I mean, it's, it's insane. And, and I talked about this on our watch along, like his talent and his skill there and his ability to shut people down without much effort 
is something very rare in the sport. You do not find that. And so whatever he's done, whatever kind of training he's had and his ability to generate power without having to really pull back, without having to try, and I believe that that's a big part of it because he's so loose and just fluid with his strikes. Right. He shuts people down. It's dangerous. He's such a dangerous fighter because all he needs is one, and he's shutting you down. What is it that packs that powerful punch in that short range of, of motion? Is it strength? Is it technique? Is it a combination? It's 100% technique. It's your ability to, to, to get your hip behind it. So many people, myself included, where you want to use your arms to swing and hit. Right. And it's all the hip, just like in baseball and golf and all of these other sports, basketball, it's hips. It's hips because once you sink the body weight and you utilize that to generate power and momentum, it's much more than just an arm, an arm weight, an arm, an arm strike. So if you can practice and, and drill it enough to where you're throwing that without thinking about it, where your, your hip goes first, there's so much more power. And also a big part in, in striking is obviously accuracy, right? And your ability to really, to really hit a target. But it's your ability to relax. Because when you tense up, you're actually holding back power. So if I get big and I'm like, I'm going to hit you, I'm holding back my power rather than just letting it flow and letting it go. And I think that that's one thing that Jamal has mastered. And, like, it's crazy because the only time I really see someone strike like that is, like, you'll see, like, these traditional martial artists, like, you know, like, Krav. Yeah. And not Krav. What's that one? Wing Chung where they're, right. like, right. Yeah. and they, Bruce Lee, they, yeah. like, generates all this crazy power from a short distance. You don't see that very often in MMA and mixed martial arts, boxers, you don't see that very often. Right. So Jamal, to me, is so special and so talented in that way that he can create this power from a very short distance without, oh, without uh, what's the word? Like, like space? Like range? Like without you, you a, in, in short spaces? Without uh, oh, winding it up, without winding right. it up, without yeah. really like trying. He right. can just throw it and it's like you're it's done. Effortless. You're, you're on the ground. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, she's Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. This is Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. We are live on Twitch and Facebook. Appreciate you uh, joining us tonight. If you did not watch the fights, you need to go back and watch them because uh, it was just a phenomenal night of action from top to bottom. And uh, I want to talk about uh, Clay Guida's fight here because what Guida did tonight was was something pretty Crazy. special. Um, he yeah, gets the win awesome. over Leonardo Santos, and it wasn't uh, a traditional sort of grinding out fight by Clay Guida. He was moving, but he was aggressive, and he got the back of the Brazilian, and he locked up a rear naked choke and did so so quickly Santos was forced to tap and you, you walked us through it quite nicely because it was that short choke it wasn't the the figure four grip it was that uh short compact choke and uh Santos he had to tap or he was going to go to sleep I mean he did Clay did such a great job of weathering the storm in the beginning it looked like he was done some can probably argue that he should have been done in that beginning of that fight because I mean he took some big shots he was back down the fence. He didn't was not defending himself very well. He just weathered the storm like what a monster and beast Clay is. And we know this. We've known this over the years that he's just a, he's a dog and he comes in for a dog fight and he can take so much damage and, and you never count him out. And so he he found an opening. He got the fight. He got it to the ground. Right. And as soon as he got this fight to the ground, he began to pepper and weather uh, Santos and and which 
ultimately created the opening for the in, for the hook for the one hook that he got in on this back take. And as soon as he got that hook in, it was over from there. He transitioned so well, already began to get his hand through the neck or to the neck, um, and and sunk this choke in. And as soon as he had it in, he did not try to force it. He didn't try to go for the full rear naked like we talked about. He was able to lock his hands together and just and arched. Yeah. And and. It was so beautiful. Had one hook in, short choke, uh, not your traditional choke, not the strongest choke, but so efficient and was able to get the job done. It was such a beautiful performance from Clay Guida. No, phenomenal. And uh, looking at Guida, he picked up the 37th win of his career uh, in fight number 58. So two away from 60. And uh, you can guarantee that uh, Clay Guida is definitely going to be around for two more fights inside the UFC's octagon. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there could be multiple, multiple bonuses tonight. So, you know, cutting those checks and, and deciding who gets what is going to be pretty damn difficult. Uh, but one fight that we also saw tonight was uh, the action man, Chris Curtis, back in action. And that's truly oh, what yeah. this guy uh, does. I mean, again, another night of action you almost forget what he did uh earlier tonight uh whether the storm of uh, brendan allen and then uh did what we've seen him do in the past mix up his strikes going to the body going to the head it was uh, a left uh hook to the body and a right over the top that ended up sending brendan allen uh to the mat and, and shutting his night down uh amazing stuff uh for the second time in i think 28 days for chris curtis Yes. I mean, he's such a talented boxer and he's got such a heavy base in boxing and you see that you see it playing out. I mean, he's won so many fights based off of his boxing and it's so clean. His ability to see the openings, he weathers storms where it looks like, oh my God, this, the, the other guy's winning or he has some sort of advantage. We saw that even in the, in the fight that we saw him in before he got to the UFC, he just weathers these storms so well, but he's reading. And as he's taking this damage or as he's taking these strikes and he's allowing this opponent to come forward and be aggressive, he's taking reads right. and he's writing notes. And, and once he's figured out his formula, he goes in and attacks and, and, and he's able to just shut you down. And he always usually goes to the body and the body is what sets up his punches. That's what he told me when I trained with him when we were in Mexico. He sets up his knockouts with the body work. And that's what we saw tonight was he went to the body, which was it was a beautiful body shot, left hook that opened up the right hand and the right hand just put him away and, and began. It was the beginning to the end for Allen. And so he, Curtis looks so good. He's such a talented fighter. He's such a very smart and an intelligent fighter. So it's really nice to see his his momentum pick up and his rise because there's been for so long people, he even thought himself, I should be in the UFC and his journey's just been amazing, you know? And, and when he looks back, he'll see that every fighter that he was supposed to be in the UFC for before right. led him to where he is now two fights in 28 days, two wins, two finishes. I mean, he's in a perfect position. How, how much better could you end your, your year? Right. Uh, two fights, as you mentioned, in 28 days. This was the 28th win of his pro mixed martial arts career. And uh, it's pretty sweet. You know, you, you talk about his tactics and setting it up. Like, I admire the fact that, you know, maybe the fight wasn't going his way, but clearly he was taking positives from it. You, you mentioned taking notes, and that's exactly what happened. And I'm, I'm sure Brendan Allen started to feel confident a little bit because he was having success. But, you know, it, we've seen it from uh, Curtis in the past. And again, tonight, 
it doesn't take many for him to end your night. And no. it's just beautiful stuff. And he's he's shorter. He's fighting in a heavier weight class. He's a 170-er. He fought at 85 tonight. Um, so he is fighting in a heavier weight class. And, you know, you got you to gotta give Allen his credit where it's due. I mean, he took some risky, risky opportunities in this fight. He went for the legs, started attacking the legs. Great job. He's got a great grappling game. Um, was going for he had clean shots in this fight too. He long straight punches, landed some nice shots against a really good boxer. I mean, it, he looked really good. Was coming forward, aggressive, um, and risk taking. And so Brendan Allen, there's nothing for him to. He got caught tonight. He right. simply got caught. And uh, up until he got caught, he was putting on a great performance. Yeah, he had that uh, footlock as well. You know, he he showed off a variety of uh, attacks. Submission attacks. Yeah, yes. and you and I talked like clearly it was going to be to his uh, benefit if the fight took place on the floor. But you know, to Curtis's uh, you know uh, benefit, he he was able to sort of shut that down. It went briefly to the floor in in you know round one and ended there. But uh, again, round two was all Chris Curtis and. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Action Man is a, is a great nickname for him, and uh, he puts on a show. He did that uh, again uh, tonight. We kicked off the main card with Alex Morono getting a win over Mickey Gall. A unanimous decision goes the way of Morono. Um, some prelims. Uh, let's talk about uh, those real quick. Uh, Dusko Todorovic uh, gets the uh, KO victory over Maki Patolo. Uh, Manel Cape able to uh, get a win tonight. Brian Barbarena uh, gets a unanimous decision over Darian Weeks. Uh, Cheyenne Vlismus gets a decision over Mallory Martin. William Knight victorious over Alonzo Menafield. Uh, Claudio Pueyes uh, gets a win over Chris uh, Grutzmacher and Vince Morales gets a beautiful overhand right knockout of Lewis Smolka. Great, great but, night of action. You know, it was. I, I kind of want to touch on fourth by Cheyenne. Your, your internet's dying on us right now, Pearl. Hello. You're back. Hi, can you You're hear back. me? You're back. Can you hear me? I got you. Okay, okay. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Um, I just wanted to touch on the the female fight tonight. Uh, Mallory Martin versus Cheyenne. Shoot. And um, can you see me? Yep, we got okay, you. Okay. I'm like, is, am I stuck again? No, you're um, good. It, what a great back and forth fight this was. Cheyenne took this fight on two weeks' notice. Mallory Martin is such a savage. We saw her in Invicta, and she was she's a savage when it comes to striking. A really great traditional Muay Thai fighter. When she gets you down, has crazy ground and pound. Um, trains over in Colorado with with Rose and 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 all of those girls over there. But this fight was back and forth, and uh, it, it Cheyenne came in again on a two week notice. Her her striking looks so good. Her angles, her footwork, the way that her ability to mix this fight up. It was legs to feet, feet to hands. Like it was a great it was a great display for both of these ladies. Mallory had the much cleaner better strikes more significant strikes but she just was not wasn't bringing the fight to Cheyenne and Cheyenne is talking to her through the whole fight like you want this 50k let's go and it was just it was a great fight it was a great fight from both of these ladies who are very young in their career um to see them just kind of fight it out and battle it out and overall Cheyenne did take the decision home but either way this was a very fun fight so if you did not see it definitely go back and watch that one that was a great fight to watch
And it's the perfect appetizer for what's going down next week. UFC 269, Oliveira taking on Poirier. Uh, it's a championship doubleheader as well. Lightweight championship on the line in that main event. And then the co-main event, we see Amanda Nunes taking on Juliana Pena for the Bantamweight title. And uh, it doesn't stop there. It's a stack card from top to bottom. And you can come hang out with me and Pearl Gonzalez. We're going to be live in Vegas for that one. Uh, Twin Peaks on uh, Wednesday. Uh, come hang out. At, uh, you know, have have a couple drinks and uh, you know, be, be, it's an interactive show. If I learned anything about uh, what we do uh, from our New York trip, it's if you really want to come on the air, we can probably make that happen too. Yeah, and if you guys really want to see me do a spinning kick on TJ and hit the the water bottle on top of his head. Nope. Definitely come no. and watch this because no. it's going to happen. You see, Pearl, I need my jaw to speak. For I'm not going to hit your jaw. That's like literally like a foot. Famous last words. Yeah, your foot right across my jaw. <laughs> okay? No. Oh, this is so good. Yeah. You're going to look like uh, uh, your, your name is Fiziev. Pearl Fiziev if I let you do that because you're going to just <laughs> wheel kick me to hell. All right. We've been on the air with this watch along and now extra rounds for almost like four hours and I'm tired. I want to go home yeah, and sleep Me too. and, uh, you know, save, save some of the uh, magic for when we're on the ground in Las Vegas for next week. Yes. Travel begins here soon. I'm very excited. I'm finally going to leave Chicago. I have to go to New York really fast, but, um, uh, yes, I'm excited. A, it's a detour. It's, it's not on the way. Jeez. It's not at all. It's a pain in the ass, but I need to go home and change out my clothes. I've been I've been in Chicago. I was supposed to be here for a weekend, and I've been here for like two and a half weeks. So I need to take myself home and uh, change out my, my luggage and my bags and clothes. And See, get that's what some, I told Ray. Clothes. Ray's like, where's Pearl? I'm like, ah, oh, she's living somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> You're not on vacation. You just live, you know, so. I feel like yeah, you leave the been, house and you don't know when you might be back. You just don't totally know. I don't know. know when I leave. Like, I book tickets as I'm on my way to the airport at times. Like, that's this is what I love, the beauty of it. I don't have any kids. I don't have anything holding me back. If I want to book a ticket today, I book a ticket. It's that right. nice. Well, there you go. It works. It works. Keep living that Pearl Gonzalez lifestyle. Yes, I'll see you next week. And, uh, yeah. You lost the bet, so you have to put this on top of your head. No. Sorry. Can I wear you a helmet? Tonight. Can I wear a helmet? No. Why would we do that? Why would we even do this? Exactly. So we shouldn't. <laughs> Why do we even do I this? Think We're not going to. That's great. We Let's just take a poll. Let's see what the fans want. No, no fans bro. Want. You can't do this. Every time you Why? want to take a poll, you always win. <laughs> no one's going to go against you in a poll when it's, hey, do you want to see TJ get kicked in the head? Yes. Everyone wants to see me get kicked in the head. Okay, well, let's just take a poll. No. Okay. I, I got a poll. It's time to go. <laughs> okay. Right? Well. Spoiler alert. It's time to go. All right. Well, I will see you guys next week live in Las Vegas. If you're there, come hang out with us. If not, catch us here on Fight Pass. There you go. Goodbye, Pearl. You're not kicking Bye. me in the head. See you. Bye. Pearl Gonzalez joining me for extra rounds every fight night and pretty much every Wednesday as we break things down uh, going into the UFC. And we're going to be back next Wednesday as well for the uh, UFC 269 live from Twin Peaks in Las Vegas, Nevada. Please come out and say hello. 
in the meantime, catch up on all of our broadcasts over on UFC Fight Pass, the Facebook page as well. Uh, you can also download the audio version of the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Want to say a big thank you to all of our viewers on Twitch tonight. Uh, the watch along was a ton of fun, and uh, I, I always appreciate the interactive experience tonight uh, was was no different and uh, getting the live feedback of our Twitch users uh, on you know their their scoring is is important because you know Pearl I think was kind of convincing me that maybe Rob Font did enough in that first round to not lose it but Jose Aldo was get, able to get that uh, quick uh, knockdown towards the end and, and Rob Font was honestly saved by the bell we could have talked about a Jose Aldo stoppage in round number one but we see 25 minutes uh, turned in by one of the great Greatest of all time, and I think we should focus on that a little bit more. Jose Aldo belongs in that top five discussion, especially when you consider what he did at 45 and now at 35. Uh, you know, he, he's a, a new man, and he's 35 years old too, which is sort of crazy because it seems like he should be 45 years old, but uh, still very much a, a young man in many ways. Is the king of Rio, and uh, you know he's looking for. The honor of royalty once again as he would like to lord over the division at Bantamweight. We will see what happens next for Jose Aldo. Appreciate you staying up late with us tonight for Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis saying we'll see you next time as we go a few more extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. Have a good night. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.